So I have a story about this. I got my tracer for Christmas in 2013. And my very first run with it after Christmas was nine miles in the rain. And I was like, I'm totally gonna ruin this thing. That's it. But I wore it and I still use the same tracer. Nice. 10 years later, it still works. So here's the question. How do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. All right, welcome, and thank you for tuning in to another episode on the Healthy Runner Podcast. It is Monday, therefore, we're adding a Monday Night Spark. We're really lighting it up today on the podcast within the Healthy Runner Facebook group with two amazing guests with a great solution to the problem all of us are really facing right now, where we're trying to stay active, we're trying to stay healthy, and just keep running throughout the winter with the shorter daylight hours. So today we have Jamie Miles and Simon Curran from Knox Gear on the show. Knox Gear is a leader in developing running, walking, and cycling visibility gear for both humans and dogs. Welcome to the show, Jamie and Simon. Glad to be here. So I want to know runners, are you wondering, is it safe to run in the morning when it's dark? How do you know when you should run if it's dark out? Or how do you stay safe in the dark, right? So if you are a 5 a.m. runner or a 5 p.m. runner for that matter, like myself, and you want to learn about lights for running in the dark, then you need to keep listening and find out about some amazing running in the dark gear. So in this episode, both Jamie and Simon are going to share with us some tips to stay safe and running in the dark and sharing with us what Knox Gear is all about and how they keep humans as well as dogs visible. So let's get started with our dynamic warm up. This is the first question we asked all our guests. I was raised by a single mom and she always taught me ladies first. So we will start with Jamie. So Jamie, tell us where are you from and what do you do? I live in Columbus, Ohio. I'm a transplant from the Detroit area in 2003. I don't think I'm going anywhere, so I will be here forever. Um, I have been with Knox Gear for three years. I do mostly customer service. I run the ambassador program. And with a small company, the job description lines are often blurry. So you know, I do dabble in other things. <laughs> <laughs> so that's essentially a nice way of saying you're jack of all trades. Master of only a little. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So you're a runner yourself. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were actually just talking about your name because I was wondering if it was your real last name or if it was just because you love to run miles. It is my real last name. And oh, I see lighthounds walking past our house. Are they? Oh, that is amazing. The neighbors down the street have dogs and they both have their lighthounds on. <laughs> that is great timing. And when do you like to run, Jamie? The crack of dawn. Everything happens in the AM. In the PM, I sleep. 
So it's like nearing my bedtime now because my alarm goes off at 4.30. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's pretty much when mine goes off as well. So you and I have that in common, the 5 a.m. runner. So uh, Simon, tell me tell me your story here. So you are the uh, one of the founding owners, right, of Knox Gear? That's right. I, um, I co-founded this with uh, my partner, Tom Walters, uh, 2012. And really, we launched it on Kickstarter in 2013. And I'm glad to hear that Jamie's not going anywhere because she's our next door neighbor. Um, and it's just a, it's awesome to have her next door. And I'm looking for the lighthounds, Jamie. I think they must have gone up the street. Yeah, they were walking my way. Okay. All right. Yeah, so we co-founded Knox Gear in 2013. Um, we were a bunch of engineers up in Buffalo doing research and development. Uh, Tom and I had actually taken a class together at Ohio State and didn't even know it. Uh, but then we started doing these special projects up in Buffalo and got all this autonomy doing whatever we wanted. And one night, we'd been actually trying to start a company for a while and, and uh, we closed down the lab and then start building stuff like uh, portable blenders and crazy stuff. And one night, uh, a bunch of engineers wanted to do a nighttime ultimate Frisbee game. And so Tom and I thought, well, let's, let's create some light up vest for that. And we went and tore apart a, uh, like a fiber optic Christmas tree and duct taped that to our chest. We stayed up all night in the lab making these things and that the next day came and everyone went out on the field lit up like Tron it was unbelievable cars stopped people like came to the park and watched it like uh there's something you'd never seen before I, I won't forget it and it was very memorable and from that uh really that's where Knox Gear started wow that's a pretty amazing uh starting story so what is your running story I hear that you may have qualified for Boston on your first marathon. Is that correct? Very specific on like, I knew what goal I had to get to, to BQ. And um, at that time it was a 305, I think. So I did it in 304.52, which apparently wasn't enough to let you run the race, but you get the, the qualify. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm an engineer my background's engineering. And when we were up in Buffalo, uh, the wife of one, one of my friend's engineers said, um, you, sh you should uh, try this corporate challenge that we're doing, Simon, where the whole city pours out tens of thousands of runners run like a three and a half mile race, but be careful, you'll hurt yourself. And that was it. Like something clicked in my head. It's like, you don't think I can run this. And apparently I have a competitive side. Um, and it was only like two years later, I led the team to the international championships in Singapore. I went from like, bodybuilder to this guy who was still pretty big um, and probably shouldn't be running but I got into running and that's like the, the running bug is stuck with me I'm always that guy out there running a marathon who doesn't quite look like he should be running the marathon um, <laughs> and people are probably like oh he's gonna give up or he's that one guy who just ran into the middle of the race and is pretending like he's gonna finish it but yeah it's just my thing I, I go out and run as often as possible that's awesome. And uh, I think probably your success, like I, I'm a big uh, proponent and belief on how important it is to strength train in order to run. That's kind of my motto. And, you know, I, I would imagine you were doing a lot of strength training for many years. And that's probably some of the credit to what made you successful as a runner as well. Thank you for sharing um, that story. I guess I should probably share on how we actually connected and how this came about. 
Um, so for those of you who didn't hear the episode with Shan, uh, we had Shan on the show for episode 40 of the podcast, and we connected through Shan and hearing his amazing journey running across America. And I just saw him update on his Instagram that he is in Pennsylvania now. So the last time we interviewed him, he was in Iowa, and then he ran through you guys in Ohio. He ran through there, and or Illinois first, and then Ohio, and now he's in Pennsylvania. I saw Shan uh, posting some great pictures, him and Callie, of Knox gear, and I was like, what is this light-up vest thing? So I asked him when I, uh, off offline there, you know, what it's all about, and I thought it was a pretty cool product, and that's how he connected Jamie and I, and made this all happen. So for those of you who didn't catch Shan's interview, check it out. It's a pretty amazing story. He is literally running across the whole country and he's doing it for a great cause to uh, support an amazing charity food share, which helped a lot of folks um, with food insecurity, especially during this month, especially during the holidays. So check out that episode, episode 40, Shan, and check out his cause. And if you can donate to his cause, because it's a difficult time. We got a pandemic going on, right guys? All right, let's get into today's episode here. So if I'm scared of running in the dark, because I think many runners probably are, is it safe to run in the dark? Okay. So there's two parts to this answer. There's the part of being visible. So you don't get run over. And then there's the personal safety part. And the personal safety part is you just have to know where you're running and be aware of your community and wherever you are. So if you're not comfortable running wherever you're running in the daytime, you're probably not going to be comfortable running in the dark. There are a lot of places that I won't run in the daytime, but there are lots of places I'll run in the dark. Is that why you don't run um, past my house, Jamie? Yeah, I'm... <laughs> Perfectly comfortable running past Simon's house. <laughs> Usually I don't make it to his house because I get to my house first. <laughs> so it's all uh, about visibility and then also being safety. visible. Yes, it is perfectly safe to run in the dark. There are lots of things that you can do to make yourself visible. So other people can see you. Drivers can see you. And there are things that you can do so you can see and not trip over stuff because a lot of people are worried about that too, being able to see. I was going to add to that. There's some key things like uh, don't wear earbuds. Like when you're, when you're running, don't wear earbuds. You can't hear cars. You can't hear anything else. It's just don't wear them really in the daytime, but especially at nighttime. But take your phone, even if you're going into areas that you know, probably best to take your phone, I think. And then you know, depending on if there's sidewalks or not, you want to run. If you have to run in the street, run against traffic. Um, that's an important one. But you run into this problem. I know all runners experience this is if you're on the, the side of the road that you're running against traffic and a car pulls up to an intersection like in front of you, they're usually looking off to the left for, for that traffic before they're turning right. And um, there's been a lot of accidents where people just turn right, right into the pedestrian or the runner. You got to make sure you make eye contact with that driver. And if they don't make eye contact back with you, they don't know that you're there day or night, especially at nighttime. Uh, and then you have people backing out of driveways. Um, you want to make that communication with your eyes so they actually know that you're there. And then certainly, you know, there's a visibility aspect to it. You want to be seen. And that's where, where the Tracer 360 really comes in. Yeah. So before we even get into the Tracer 360, Simon, thank you for bringing up those safety points, because 
especially so we do have a lot of new runners that listen to the podcast or join the healthy runner Facebook group. And I think tips like you just shared are like golden. I think people who have been running a while are like, Oh yeah, of course that makes sense. But if you're new to running, what Simon just said is like super important because I know myself, I've definitely come into like two or three close calls on exactly that scenario that you mentioned at an intersection where I think the driver sees me but clearly they didn't. And they start to make that right turn. So now, honestly, even if the driver sees me, I'll look at them wave and I, I run behind the car. I don't yeah. even chance it anymore. Mm-hmm. I never go in front of a car because I always think, you know, you can't give anyone the benefit of the doubt nowadays. You know, you always assume they, they can't see you. Yeah, exactly. If they ease up on their brake any little bit and they wind up hitting you. So I always just, if you're new to running, please never take it for granted that they see you and that they're not going to turn right, right into you as you're trying to run by them. Always run behind that lead car. I think that was a great, great safety point. Honestly, if you don't take anything from this episode, at least take that. And, and, And your little run behind the car thing, it's anecdotal evidence, but I feel like that's when you know, we're, we're usually running in straight lines, let's be honest, most of the time. And that's when we need to make short, quick movements. And that's when we're going to roll an ankle or pull, pull a muscle. So pull back a little bit, slow down, walk around, you know, the car, or if you got enough room, go ahead and jog around them. But that's that quick, like changing direction. Yep. I've done it. I've, I've pulled like a kind of a groin type muscle, uh, adductor, I think just making that quick Oh, no problem. You forget that your body's been going in one direction for so long. It's like, Oh, got to use other muscles. What's going on here? Yeah, no, I love it. Injury prevention. That's what we're all about on the healthy runner podcast as well. So how can a runner be seen in the dark? What's the visual science behind this? Well, you know, if you tuned in like 10 years ago, there was a red flashy light out there and everyone was like, well, red flashing light, that's how you get seen that there was just a lot of false information there. It turns out your eyes see the color red the least. It's least sensitive to that, especially at night, but just just in general. So there's a lot of um, visual science that Tom and I were engineers, we obsessed over it, uh, put into how the eye changes sensitivity depending on what it's looking at at any given time. So now you've got a driver in a car who is looking out of the car window, traditionally their eye kind of adapts to that darker view out the window, but now you have distracted drivers who are glancing at cell phones and the cell phone is providing this source of of different colors, usually white background with a bunch of different colors. So the eye is getting tricked into switching between rods and cones and its sensitivity to whatever color is shifting from close to red through yellow to green um, and, and swinging back and forth. So you really don't know at any given time what that driver's eye is going to be most sensitive to. So that's why the Tracer 360 is built in multicolor illumination. It goes through, it has a, a few special flashing sequences that, that go between those different colors in a special way to, to really catch that driver's eye, you know, in that little instant of time that they're actually looking up at the road away from their phone. That's really the only amount of time these days you have to catch someone's attention is because most of the time they're like, no, I'm good. I saw what was up ahead. I'm going to look down at my phone. So if, if you just go out with a flashing red or flashing yellow light or something like that, you know, it's risky because the, the eye, and not only that, when a driver's looking straight ahead, they're, they're sensitive sensitivity to different colors changes between the peripheral vision and what's in the focal point of your vision. You usually see color blue out of your peripheral vision a lot better. 
So you really want to give them that whole color option, so to speak, the whole rainbow, if you can, uh, which the Tracer 360 does at any given time. Uh, and then you, you, we've, we've done other things like you, you um, put retro reflectivity, that, that stuff that usually people call you know, reflective coatings. We put a real special one on there. So the second the headlights hit them, uh, it really lights up extra bright, but that's kind of last minute, you know, that's once the headlights are on you, you it might be too late. Uh, usually it's when you're coming into their field of view that they don't see you. So uh, that's where the multicolor illumination comes from. Yeah, I can see that definitely being beneficial for that side. Like we were just talking about that scenario where yeah. you, you actually yeah. see them coming from the side. That makes sense um, that you're not relying on their headlights to be on you because if headlights are on you that means you're in front of them right yep. <laughs> no thank you for sharing that visual science because i didn't even know a lot of that honestly and sharing like anatomy of the eye like rods and cones that is amazing so how and why was knox gear created well you know originally we thought we were going to get into the night sports because we lit up this team of, of ultimate field players bunch of engineers it might have been a but a bunch of rum involved too in the first game, you know, and so we were really excited about playing ultimate sports. We light, light up a team red or yellow and, you know, play. But I, when we launched on Kickstarter, we offered that and we offered um, this other version, the Tracer 360. And it became really clear, you know, that this is what people uh, needed and they understood. Um, it's, they, I think what's happened is people has, have understood uh, that there's just such a need for something better than anything else out there. And so they see, uh, they see all the flashing, you know, red lights and the uncomfortable vests that you can wear. And then they see ours and they think, well, that, that's, that more than check, checks a box, right? I mean, it does that. And, and then some, plus it's, it's just cool as hell and people love it. You know, if, if I need to pick me up, I'll go run at night with the Tracer 360 and I'll, I'll feel like a badass. To be honest. <laughs> you bring your own party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if if you don't mind, um, some might be kind of you've described Knox Gear, but and you've mentioned the Tracer 360. Can you actually describe exactly what it is? I'll describe. I wish I could grab one. You know, so the Tracer I 360. I have one. I have one right here. Matter of fact, well, I don't know if you can do the description and I'll be like Vanna White and do the modeling. Yeah, I could go get one off a of stuffed animal my daughter uh, usually <laughs> plays with. Put it on the stuffed animal. Um, yeah, let me describe what you got there. So Tracer 360, the, the belt that you see, okay, and, um, and the, the white nexus. So the nexus is where it all comes together and the belt, the, the nexus goes on your back. And people are like, oh, it's, it's uh, the brightest spots on your back. That's because you're the, you're most vulnerable from behind. So that's where we have the most color is from behind. Those of you that, that are listening to this on the podcast, you're going to have to go over to the Spark Your Training YouTube channel and check out the video replay of this or check it out within our Healthy Runner Facebook group to see the actual demo and see the actual product or check out any of the promo videos that I did on my Instagram or Facebook page as well where I was in the dark and you can get a little better appreciation. I think that'd be the best way. It's so hard to uh, show. I hate being put on the spot when people are like, what's your company do? <laughs> and then you try to describe it with words. It's, it's more of a visual product, but the belt will go around um, around the, the chest, and it's actually important. It goes right where the underwire for like a bra would go, 
some people think they should put this belt down around the, the waist, but anything mobile around your waist will walk itself up to right about where a heart rate monitor goes. So this strap actually goes around your, your chest. Um, and one of the reasons it's so lightweight is we don't have any other material other than material that makes the light visible uh, that goes over your shoulders. So you have two fiber optics that go over your shoulders. Um, and then in the back is the, the main uh, unit that you can use to change your illumination modes. And then uh, we have listened to our customers and we've put in solid codes that you can dial through because they'll go out in packs and teams and everyone wants to be a different color. So, hey, you know what? You get your multicolors in, in the group and you can go based on your mood. So you can, you can change through that. Uh, just at the press of a button in the back. Nice. Based upon the visual science that you explained before, do you recommend if runners are going out by themselves to do, you have like, I noticed four different kind of flashing options. Do you recommend those options where it cycles through the different colors? That's absolutely right. Yeah, we, um, I would totally recommend that on your own if you're out running instead of a solid color. Okay. Yeah, that's helpful. Cause the first time I went out, I do, I went solid cause you know, I'm kind of a solid kind of color guy, you know, and then uh, I was thinking about that and I was reading a little bit more on your website and I was like, maybe I should have the blinking, you know, versions on. Um, but if Jamie, do you ever get distracted when you're running? If you have the kind of the blinking or the cycling through, like, is that distracting no. to you as a runner? No, no, it doesn't. I can't see it unless I'm looking down. Yep. Yeah, that's what I noticed this morning as well. Because um, I was wondering if that would like annoy me as I was running that I see like blinking lights. Um, but you're right. It, it's not really in your visual field when you're looking straight ahead pretty mm -hmm. much. Um, now, when I run with people, the flashing bothers people who are right behind me. So I'll use the solid color. And okay. my friends use the solid color. But when I'm by myself, I flash. Nice. You what? what? Say that again, Jamie. <laughs> 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 no I love it. I love it. And does this work on uh, rechargeable batteries, batteries? How do, how is this powered? There are three AAA batteries that come with it. Regular batteries. Um, it will work with rechargeable batteries. Okay. Yeah, so we, nice. we sell rechargeable batteries uh, now at Knox Gear. We listen to our customers and we actually have been working on a new tracer uh, that'll come out late next year that'll have that built in but it'll also be a replaceable um, rechargeable battery that you can put triple a's in instead of the, re the rechargeable battery and really the reason why we went with with triple a batteries um, all along and i think people have uh kind of gone along with it is you know if you're going out for a run and it's early in the morning and you realize uh, you forgot to charge like your Garmin watch or something like that. You still go out for your run, you know, but if you forgot to charge your tracer, you know, the, what are you going to do? You're going to go without it. So you can always just pop in at least one good battery to the compartment with three and you're good to go um, for the run. So we, we just want to have that ability to quickly uh, allow you to have a battery life enough to go for a run. All right. Well, if it's got batteries though, does that mean you can't, use it in like the rain or snow or, or sleet and freezing rain, unfortunately, we'll have in Ohio where you guys are and in Connecticut where I am right now. So I have a story about this. I got my tracer for Christmas in 2013. And my very first run with it after Christmas was nine miles in the rain. 
And I was like, I'm totally going to ruin this thing. That's it. But I wore it and I still use the same tracer. Nice. Seven years later. It still works. Nice. And I think you just gave a lot of our audience right now a little little idea to add to their Christmas list, perhaps this year. (laughs) Get a little tracer under your tree. All right. (laughs) We talked about the tracer, keeping runners safe. And um, I think it is super, super important um, in terms of safety. I know myself, it is like my pet peeve when I'm driving a car and I literally am driving and I don't see someone till the last minute and they're out there running in literally like black clothes. Like, I don't understand how people don't realize that they cannot be seen at all. So at minimum, having reflective clothes is, so if you're listening to this, Please, guys, if you go out, even if it's not pitch dark out, it's hardest to see in kind of that dawn dusk time. And it's really hard for drivers to see you if you haven't realized. Um, So that's my pet peeve. I get angry every time I see a runner because I'm a runner myself and I'm like, you don't realize like you're out there like kudos to you. You're staying healthy. You're getting your run in. But do you not realize no one can see you while they're driving? So I love the tracer because not only like I was always about reflective gear, I had a reflective vest, kind of how your band is around the chest. I used to just have a vest like that, but you're right in that I've even noticed when I was running that cars would kind of respond to me, like only at the kind of last minute when their headlights shined on me. But so far I've been uh, out two runs in this and I've noticed that cars have seen me and it's kept me very visible. And I've really liked that it is lightweight and you really don't notice it's on you. Um, so it's not like kind of baggy or like moving around. Um, it's got some nice adjustable straps. And I, I like the flashing uh, light feature, as well as having a lot of the lights in the back area as yeah. well, where you can't see what's coming behind you. Um, so it makes you a little bit more visible. So I think it is um, a great, great product, honestly. I think it's going to help a lot of runners stay safe um, and get their runs in. But I understand you also have, for those of us who have pets, have dogs, and you're walking your dogs. I see a lot of my neighbors walking their dog at nighttime as well. And they always do like the little flashlight thing. They're like walking with their flashlight, which again is so hard to see. Like, I I, I like that you brought that up earlier, Simon, because I've always thought that to myself, the flashlight that people are like, you just randomly see this light, maybe. (laughs) Um, Do you have something to help keep dogs visible as well? Yeah, we, we, we have the, the light hound. Um, so we just listen to our customers after the Kickstarter, the tracer, um, all our tracer customers started saying you should make this for dogs. And we listened and a couple of years later, we launched the, the light hound. The thing about the light hound, I think that's one of the things that's really unique. It's not just a tracer, you know, for a dog, which is already cool enough. And I love seeing them uh, walk by. Uh, but we, we sat down and said, okay, what problem hasn't been solved? With visibility for a dog and and some of it is if your dog has uh, a lot of hair a lot of fur um any sort of uh, cheap led collar anything like that just gets lost in the in the car in the fur plus usually these collars um you can only see the light from a certain direction so the dog's got to be right from the side or you almost have to be on top of the dog actually to see the lighted part of the the led collar so just 
a bunch of poorly designed products out there um, that haven't really solved this problem. And, and our Lighthound does, it gives you this fiber optic illumination all the way around the front of the neck of the dog. So you can be looking at the dog from the front, the side, um, and you'll, you'll see this really uh, fun multicolor illumination. Uh, there's disco dog mode, which I think is just great. There's a lot of videos out there of uh, little dogs going to parties in disco dog mode. <laughs> love it. Yeah. I love it. I know. And Diane says that it's another good uh, Christmas gift, the Knockstown vest for the dog lover in your life or your four-legged running partner. She says, uh, my pup loves hers and we get loads of comments when we are both out in disco mode. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Donna also says that she uses this for morning runs. Um, she loves the product. She runs at her, uh, school and the bus driver loves it. They ask me, how many miles did you go this morning? We saw you out there and Trish is also, uh, echoing your sentiments before about the red light. She noticed that, you know, drivers really don't see her if it's only blinking red, um, when she would have a uh, red light that she would use. Um, so here's another good question. I think, um, I think Jamie, I might've seen a picture of you with a headlamp. So Dina is wondering that she usually runs at 6 AM, um, at the park. It's fairly light visible, um, visibility. Do you have any recommendations for headlights as all at all? Um, I do wear a headlamp on my head. Um, some people don't like them on their head and I have to wear a headband to like put the light on it so the plastic isn't touching my head because when I turn my head like to look at the skunk in the yard next to me I like to see what I'm looking at so um there are other options that are like a chest lamp and actually Simon is coming up with a light that will go with the tracer yeah nice uh, next year we'll be launching the chest lamp, which uh, will clip onto the front of the tracer and provide like a, a floodlight for where you're going. Um, and it'll have some other cool little features uh, I'm excited uh, for. We'll also be, it'll be able to attach not only to the tracer, but just just to like your regular shirt using the, the technology we patented for our, our, our speaker, the 39G speaker, which has a, a unique clipping mechanism. You can not only clip it to your collar, um, but I should go ahead and show you. I can clip this 39G just to like a, a running shirt, just with a standard clip, or I've got this, it's got this built-in magnetic clip that you slide off and you can just put it on if you're wearing cold weather gear. So this is how the lamp will also borrow this, this technology, which is really cool. Uh, like when I run with 39G and it's cold out, uh, I, I don't want to just like clip a, anything up on my neck here so I can put it on my cold weather gear and, and go out for a job. I love that. Wow. That's awesome. So that, that doesn't bounce around at all, huh? No. So the name 39 G is 39 grams is where we got it from. So that you're not going to get any bounce out of this little guy. Um, but all you can replace, uh, your home, you know, Bluetooth speaker with this. That's where we spent the past five or six years is the loudest, lightest weight, um, longest lasting Bluetooth speaker really in the world. Um, it can crank up really loud if you want to just put it up on something um, since it's magnetic and stick to any, anything metal in the house and, you know, fill the room with sound. Or if you're going out and you, you just want to have those, you know, non-earbud tunes because you don't want to wear earbuds and block off the sound, you can 
take it down nice and low, listen to your podcast nice and low while you're out on the jog. And it's like you have someone there talking with you, but I can still hear the car coming. I can hear the leaves, you know, crackling as they, they blow by. It's just, uh, it's been a, it's been really nice. Wow. Yeah, no, I can see that definitely being helpful um, and a lot safer way to run. And then you can listen to the Healthy Runner podcast on your 39G. I like it. Sounds good. <laughs> I love it. Um, so we're, we're getting down to the final stretch here. So I want to know if you could change one thing about the misconception of running during the winter or during the darkness, what would that be? That it's too cold to run. That is the misconception. It's not too cold. You're just not wearing the right clothes. <laughs> I agree. So true. I yeah, wear I'm an not... entire load of laundry to run in the cold. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have found running uh, when it's cold to be, well, be, it's refreshing. So when's the last time someone came back from like a summer hot, hot ass summer run and they're like, that was so refreshing. Now you're usually a little bit more worn out, I think. So I have found every time I come in from that cold, crisp air, it is refreshing. I think it looks cool because like you're out, you feel kind of like rocky. You can see your breath the whole time. It's, it just makes you feel, you know, like you're doing something really fantastic, which you are. You get frosty eyelashes. Oh yeah. You've got some good pictures, Jamie. Yeah. Frosty eyelashes. So I've done that myself. I'm, I'm yeah. guilty as well. <laughs> I mean, those make great photos to post. So there's yet another reason uh, to do it. And I love running on when you get a nice cake of, of snow, not the ice or anything like that. Running on the snow, you can actually get excellent traction just running on snow. It's got great cushioning. Uh, I've done a lot of long runs just in a neighborhood that hasn't been, you know, loud or anything just on the, on the snow, nice and lightweight. It sounds, uh, Sounds crazy, but it's, it is, I, I highly recommend that, but coming home and, and you take yourself off and you're steaming and you take everything and fill up your laundry with it. Cause it, you're right, Jamie, it's, it's totally worth it. Totally worth it. Nice. Yeah, you no, get in your I, car I, I... and you fog up the windows, <laughs> yeah. all good stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's all about dressing properly um, for winter running. And I, I also agree that, you know, one of the biggest things I think this year uh, we need now more than ever. I actually just posted within the group yesterday, kind of, you know, why do you need to run now? And, and literally at least half of the, the runners in our community said they need their, you know, sanity runs. They need, you yeah. know, to relieve stress, relieve anxiety, get away from the quarantine family. Um, I think we're going to need to run this winter more than ever. So if you, if you never run in the winter, um, give it a try this winter because it will make you feel better. You will feel kind of fresher, like Simon mentions, and it is possible to run in the winter. You just need to dress appropriately and we're inside anyway, most of the winter. So just getting out there, I know for me during the winter for a run, it's just, again, mental clearing. You're actually getting outside. And if you can, during the day, we're talking about running in the dark and I will be in the dark running except for my weekend run. So I do go, do go out a little bit later and I love those, you know, throw on the sunglasses, especially when there's snow on the ground, it's really bright. You really need some good sunglasses, yeah. uh, but it makes you feel so much better to just get out there and, you know, do something active and um, get the heart rate going outside within nature. All right. So I'm sure that there are going to be many folks who are kind of intrigued about Knox gear here. How can they find out more? 
Uh, you go to the website, that's the best place to start. N-O-X-G-E-A-R uh, and Nox Gear gets its name. Nox is Latin uh, for nocturnal or the Greek goddess of the night. So that's where N-O-X comes from. So think of that. Or you can also probably type in just about anything, lightupthing.com. I think we've got just about every other domain if you can't remember Nox Gear. That's, by the way, the hardest thing when we started the company. We never thought of that question. Everybody gets asked. I'm sure your listeners get asked that too. And someone's like, oh, what is that? And you say Nox Gear. And they're like scratching their head. What'd you say? So N O X G E A R. Nice. Or light yeah, up thing. Or light up thing. <laughs> the light up thing. And I will definitely drop those links. Or if you're listening on the podcast, just go to the show notes. You can click right over to Knox Gear. Check out their amazing products. Like I said, I'm a big fan. I'm new to the Knox Gear fam. And I'm a proponent, supporter. I think it really helps us stay safe so we can stay healthy and run. And if you guys found this talk helpful within our Facebook community, thank you first off for jumping on the live. But if you found it helpful, hit that like, hit the love button, show Simon and Jamie some uh, love from our Healthy Runner community. And if you guys are catching this on the Spark Your Training YouTube channel, thank you so much for um, catching this. And if you're listening to the podcast, please share this episode with a runner you know who is running in the dark and they probably should be lit up a little bit more, or maybe they have a four-legged animal that needs to be lit up when they go to take them out for their walks. So like we mentioned earlier, that these uh, make some great holiday gifts for the runner in your life. Um, so thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you so much, Simon, for sharing um, what Knox Gear is all about. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, this was fun. And everyone, remember every Monday night, 8 p.m., we go live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group. So keep us in mind in your schedule so you can get your questions answered. Coming up next week, we have, we're going to be talking kind of continuing on this theme of running throughout the winter. And we want to know how do we stay healthy and run throughout the winter enduring COVID-19. So we're going to have running coach Mary Johnson for her tips on how you can keep your mental sanity and get stronger during these cold winter months. So thank you again. And remember, stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time. Hey, wait a minute. Just to let you guys know, much of what you heard on this episode is delivered live within our Healthy Runner free Facebook group. So head over to there to request to join our community in which you will have access to the video version of this episode and so many bonus features, including blog article references and YouTube video links, as well as me answering your specific running related questions. Also, we are closing in on 50 reviews on iTunes, which I am super pumped about, given we're only six months into this podcast journey together. So to help me get there, the first thing you need to do is you have to subscribe to the sucker, whether it is Apple iTunes that you're listening to this or whatever platform you are on. The next thing is make sure you leave a review. I love to hear what you have to say, and I read all of them, and it means a lot to me. The last thing, guys, is take a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening to and put it on your stories on Instagram and tag me. That's at SparkYourTraining. If you do this, I will repost it so you'll get a bump, I'll get a bump, and most importantly, we will share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them be healthy and stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot. Share it on Instagram stories and tag me in it. Let's try and get to 50 reviews on the podcast. 
Thanks for listening.